What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 48 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. Just one way, one week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Can you believe it? Uh, I'm Jeff Balky, and my partner, who's already grinding, I know. <laughs> it's a, a season I didn't even started yet, Jeff Blum. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Stitcher, and of course YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. Give us a follow on Twitter at Believe in Astros. You can find me at Jeff Balky and Blummer at Blummer27, pretty much anywhere on social media. My Insta's fine. Blummer's can be lit, though. Just be, be aware. Yeah. His, it's about uh, to get going. I got to start. Yeah. I'm got to get in mid-season form here quick. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's a it's a it's an excellent follow. Uh, thanks to everyone who's given us uh, five stars reviews on Apple. If you haven't, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, send us your comments, questions. We love seeing all of them. Read them all. Uh, for example, who are you picking for the Super Bowl? Blummer and I are already on the record. Um, we think it's going to be a squeaker. I hope it's a high-scoring game, man. I hope it's just like... Yeah, I want entertainment. Me too, man. Me too. Between that and Rihanna. Yeah, I don't want want to hear about a referee. I just want them to call the game and shut up. Sorry. Exactly. No. You're right. They need to call the game and shut up. Earlier in the morning. Sorry. (laughs) Also, what song is stuck in your head today? For me, it's No Diggity by Blackstreet. (laughs) Oh, Apparently that's that's how I woke up this morning is hearing I like the way you work it like that <laughs> that was in my head this morning. Uh, Blummer, awesome. how are you today? Well, it's it's getting exciting. Apparently, outside the studio here at the Blum household, the dogs are losing the their dogs. marbles, and uh, my <laughs> wife is trying too. to collect them. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's it's good. It, it, like you said, it's been a crazy. It, well, January was a crazy month. Mm-hmm. February's ramping up. Um, I know that, uh, you know, I talked to TK the other day and both of us kind of looked at each other and like, yeah, it's about that time we got to start studying a little bit. So I'm going to crack the books uh, and start looking at numbers and looking at guys and and really looking forward to some of these broadcasts we have coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, that's been my kind of thing is I've just been I've been making uh, filling up my bookmark with, you know, my bookmarks folder with like links and stuff to start, you know, prepping as the season gets yep. closer. I mean, some of these guys I don't even, you know, some of these people are going to come into camp. I don't know who they are. <laughs> you know, oh, it's like kind of need to start figuring those things out. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. I will say a quick shout out, rest in peace to one of the great songwriters of all time, Burt Backrack. Passed away oh, yesterday yeah. at ninety four. Um, I saw him with the Houston Symphony one year, a number of years ago, wow. and the conductor came in and said, "By the time you leave, you'll be shocked." by how many songs he wrote that you didn't realize. And it's exactly. true. He wrote some, Always Something There to Remind Me. Um, huh. He wrote Borderline by Madonna, which Stop. almost no, but yes. Here's the best one. So he wrote the song That's What Friends Are For, which of course turned into a big age charity hit with Dionne Warwick and Elton John and all that. But that song was originally written for the movie Night Shift, and if you've never seen the movie Night Shift, A plus plus. Have you ever seen it, Blummer? No, shoot, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I'd have to go in the Wayback Machine to check that thing out. Michael Keaton, Henry Winkler, Henry Winkler's first gig after he left Happy Days, and yeah. it was and Ron Howard's first directing debut. 
Well, also, um, uh, I forget her name, but uh, Shelly Long. Absolutely oh, wow. freaking hilarious with more one-liners than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> I mean, just so good. So, so good. Um, anyway, that on that version, it was sung by Rod Stewart. But yeah, Burt Bacharach, absolutely phenomenal songwriter. So rest in peace, Burt. Um, all right, let's get on to it. I'm going to first give us a quick word here for our sponsor. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs, pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. Obviously, the Super Bowl. Plenty of prop bets still out there to get your hands on. Also, the I guess uh, whoever bet on Eric Gordon being traded from the Rockets, I guess you won your bets. Um, yeah, that was that was you know inevitable, I think. But hey, best wishes to one of the better dudes. Yeah, um, all the best to him. He was a absolutely great, uh, one of great the best Rocket. Dudes. Absolutely. One of the best guys, too. Just good, good mm-hmm. dude. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive 50% off, uh, 50% welcome bonus, excuse me. Uh, with your first deposit, make sure you use promo code BLEAV to receive rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Well, Blummer, let's just hit the ground running. Kyle Tucker lost his arbitration hearing. Crazy, uh, just yeah. the, I mean, I didn't think it was going to come out today. You know, the judge was saying it was going to take some time because he's apparently the the person, the people who are hearing the arbitration are hearing a bunch of different players. But yeah, it came out yesterday, getting five million this year instead of seven point five. Hey. It's uh, I wouldn't kick it out of bed if somebody handed no. me five million dollars, um, but kind of interesting that he did end up in arbitration, uh, and that he lost. I mean, it was I a know. big difference between the two numbers, seven point five and five million. What are your thoughts? I was kind of surprised to be honest with you. Usually, it's not just a flat out rejection or you know of the player's number. Usually, the moder you know the moderator or uh, the arbitration you know whoever's hearing this thing says comes back and goes okay six million out of seven and a half. But uh, it was kind of surprising to me that they flat out gave the Astros the win and put them at uh, you know five million. Which you're right, it's not a number that you can you can really you know kick out of bed and say that wasn't uh, the number that I wanted. I'm never going to play again. But at the same right. time. You know, you start to look at these numbers and you try and figure out why they got to where they were at. And the only thing, man, the only thing you could knock on Kyle Tucker is, is amazingly enough, last, uh, you know, in the 2021 season, he was at a 917 OPS. Mm-hmm. In 2022, he dropped to an 808. Yet, 808, yeah. he had 107 <laughs> RBI. So, you know, the production value is there. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how these things unfold, but mm-hmm. those are just some of the, you know, the the first initial numbers you look at that kind of jump at you a little bit. Yeah. But if you start to dig a little bit, and I'm sure that Kyle Tucker's team did, last year with runners in scoring position, hit 303. Scoring position with two outs, he hit 297. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, it, it's tough. I know that those hearings are a little rough, and mm. you could leave it jaded a little bit. Fortunately, yeah, he is going to get a decent contract. But you know, we keep hearing Dana Brown saying he wants to extend these guys, and maybe this will help that negotiation. Yeah, you know, the thing I look at too is his his batting average. I think was only two forty something, and well, it dropped his, f- almost forty <laughs> points from last year. Yeah, and his on base percentage was way down. Uh, mm-hmm. As well, so I just feel like that. Oh, obviously, that the the trajectory of that is not good. Now, part of it, I think he just went through a, a, quite a slump. 
uh, last year, which which I think hurt a lot of those numbers. But yeah, and, he had a, and, what a month in the middle of the year he hit two twelve. I think yeah, it was really rough. And also, look, let's be honest, he wasn't spectacular in the postseason. You know, he was fine. He did all right, but he wasn't. You know. Uh, he wasn't. It, look, Jose Altuve was great in the post. There were certain guys. Alex Bregman was great in the postseason. He, Kyle Tucker was okay, and uh, I think that might have. Uh, well, but you, you mentioned you mentioned Dana Brown. Glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sounds like he's ready to get aggressive with some of these deals. Already talking about extending Bregman and Altuve. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about Tucker and Alvarez and Christian Javier. I mean, he's he sounds exactly like the kind of gunslinger that Jim Crane probably was looking for. Absolutely. And I just want to go back and take some of the heat for Kyle yep. Tucker not doing well in the postseason because we had a podcast before the we World did. Series started we where did. I said, Kyle Tucker's going to be MVP. <laughs> and he had that game where he hit two bombs, and I'm like, here we go. I called it. I'm a genius. And then all of a sudden, uh, kind of shut it down the rest of the way. I, but... I wasn't going to bring this up, Lummer. I oh, was going to let you off the hook. <laughs> man, I was like, dude, this is my boy. He he hit two jacks. I'm like, this is he's going to be a juggernaut and just run away with it. But we we know how that turned out with Jeremy Pena taking the title. But yeah, he he's still a. It's crazy to me that he's coming off an All Star Gold yeah. Glove year, yet he gets reprimanded. And I'm sure it was all offensively. Um, just another quick note on Kyle Tucker. Mm-hmm. You know, early he has a tendency to swing early in counts. I know that his average mm-hmm. is pretty high on some of those pitches, but at the same time, doesn't really work the count. Gets in some of these slumps, and he hit two twelve in one month, and still drove in one hundred and seven. Imagine if he just yep. hit two fifty that month. He might have had one hundred and twenty RBIs. Right, and you, and um, you make a good point about him swinging early like that. That that's probably what causes him to have not a great on base percentage, you know, as well. Yes. He's just not getting on base enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't get the hit on that first pitch, and all of a sudden you're down 0-1, then you mm-hmm. find yourself one two o two, and you're really fighting out of some of those at bats. But uh, getting back to Dana Brown, which is probably the bigger yeah. point, I think it really feels like Dana Brown has done his research over the years in learning how to become a GM because right? just because. He gets into this position. He's been watching the Astros from afar. He's been able to implement some of those ideas with the Atlanta Braves. Now he's an Astro. Yeah. And he is in a unique situation where the draft isn't really going to do him any good because the team he is now working for is so damn good. You're going to get the 29th pick. You're going to get the 30th pick. You're going to get mm-hmm. supplemental. You're not going to really have the A plus, you know, you know, blue chip guy to go out there and get. So the guys you have here are already phenomenal all-stars and proven winners. Why not roll in here and give these guys extensions? He has experience in negotiating these contracts like he did with a bunch of guys in Atlanta. Yeah. But now he's – I think it's interesting that you have young players like Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Kyle Tucker. Those are marquee guys that you want to have in your future. But the two names that we hear are Altuve and Bregman, the yes. two cornerstones of this organization right now. I think it's it, look. I, I'm not gonna look. I, I'm not gonna accuse Dana Brown of being calculating here, but it's not gonna hurt that you're coming out of the yeah. gate and saying these guys are important to us. This you're is right. a, you know, and and look, it is part of the culture of an organization to um, be uh, cognizant of what's happening with those guys and to be like, listen, we recognize their greatness. And I love the the quote from Scott Boris. I saw. 
Mark Berman had his quote saying, well, you know, these kinds of infielders are very valuable, so I'm glad they see... I'm like, shut up, Scott Boris. You know nobody wants to hear from you, man. Was it the He's line... He's got these plug-and-play quotes in some of these things. It's just like, There, there on, was man. this great You're line... Captain from, cliche now. <laughs> there was this great line from the movie The Late Show, which was all about the Letterman-Leno thing, and the character mm-hmm. who was playing Letterman, they were telling him he needed to get an agent. He goes, an agent is something you wipe off the bottom of your shoe. Jesus. <laughs> terrible. So terrible. But I mean, I feel like I feel like Dana Brown, one of the things that really is kind of remarkable about him so far is he's coming out of the gate sort of firing. Like it's it's very different from, you know, where I wonder if he's gonna say I wonder if he's going to talk about injuries and saying he's feeling left knee discomfort. I wonder oh, if that's God. coming out, right? Because he seems like the polar opposite of guys like Click and Luno. You know, he's saying, listen, we'd like to bring Yuli back, but we just don't have any space for him. Like, he's so blunt and, and direct. But he it's has a, a great the, – the, what he said after that is where I was like, brilliant. We need to get this guy at bats. Where are we going to find him at bats? Yes. And I was like, that is a great – great use of how to diplomatically say we're not going to bring this guy back and i think it was i think you're 100 percent right it feels like this is a guy who's been prepping for this job for like years like he's like everything about it like the negotiation part the drafting part the talking to the media part it seems like he's just you know it's funny it's like when the texans hired D'Amico ryan's recently and he sat in that press conference and talked mm-hmm. it was like listening to a guy who just got it you know what I mean? He just got it from moment one. No, th- there's a couple of things in that. There are guys that get it. And I think this is the evolution of of not, not just the general manager's job, but also mm-hmm. the managerial job, too. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the guys, a lot of my contemporaries who are now managers, I'll ask them, I'm like, do you like it? Is it everything you expected? What's, you know, what's, what's mm-hmm. hard about it? And every one of them is sitting there going, man, I didn't realize how much I'd have to be in front of the microphone and be a spokesman for the team. They're doing radio shows. They're doing TV interviews. They have scrums before every single game. They've got to do post-game interviews. So the idea of the media being so engaged with these guys is something you have to learn. And I think you're right. Dana Brown understands that, and he's not afraid of it. He does a very good job of getting out in front of it. And that's where I'm most impressed with these guys. But that's the evolution of where these guys are moving and getting in front of the microphone and having to give these press conferences. And another thing that you have to understand, too, is watching Dana Brown. And I'm glad you brought up D'Amico Ryan because I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. But if you've got somebody that you have just hired who's prepared, wants the job, and wants to be in this city – it flowed out of those guys. That's where I think, you know, Dana Brown's going to warm up, but I think D'Amico Ryan, he was so excited about being here and wanted this job so yes. bad and got it that he just he just overflowed with confidence and excitement, and that's where I think both these guys are in the right place at the right time. I do too, Blummer. You, you, that's, you couldn't preach it better. I, I, I feel like there's a – when it comes to these guys, there is a, there is an it factor. You can just yeah. vibe it. Uh, from them, it comes across the the microphone, the screen. It comes across in person. You, know, Dusty yeah. Baker, is obviously one of those guys who's just an <laughs> yeah. it guy, you know. Um, but he's a known entity. We knew that going in. We didn't know Dana Brown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came out hot. Like he's coming out like this is. Here's what we're gonna do. Like I love the fact that he sounds like he has a plan. Like yeah. that's the thing that impresses me about him. Because how many guys have we had in GM positions or coaching positions where they come in and they're just like, "Well, we're going to get this." You know, it's like, it, it, look, whatever you want to say about Luno, 
about whatever he did and or didn't do and and however he sort of behaved in the process. That guy knew what he wanted to do. He figured it out Damn and he yeah. made it happen, right? And that to those are the guys that impress me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that uh, Dana Brown's coming in all guns blazing, ready yeah. to fire. I think he's got a little bit of that old school with the new school mixed in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's definitely an attitude that Jim Crane enjoys. He likes those guys that are decisive and want to go out there. I think the biggest indicator of how good this hire was, and I don't know if I said this before, mm-hmm. but it was when I got on social media and I recognized other fan bases going, damn it, yes. he had to go there. Yes. So that's what tells me he's a great fit. Yeah, I I love that he just came in hot. He's like, we're extending everybody. Like it's like he came in. It's like you get a contract and you get a contract and you get a contract. Like he's just he's just like Oprah giving out cars. I mean, like get it, get, just go I'm get it. Line. I like right exactly. Also, I noticed he signed a. Uh, uh, I guess what's going to be an assistant GM and Russ Bove. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a scout for Toronto, so he's obviously starting to get his staff together, which is really good. Now here's a question. Um, about what he's going to do with his players. What is he going to do with Jake Myers? You know, my friend Katya brought this up to me. She's a rabid baseball fan, has been for many, many years, and a great friend to to the show. And she just brought it up. She's like, you know, you guys need to talk about what's going to happen with Jake Myers. I mean, we did a deep dive on Chaz McCormick just Mm -hmm. a few days ago. I mean, Jake Myers was the guy in center field, uh, you know, uh, until he hurt his shoulder and I mean, what's what is next for Jake Myers? Do we even know? Um, that's a really good question because he was a James Click guy. As long as we're talking about GMs, I know yeah. that James Click was really pushing a Jake Myers in center field. Obviously, the injury in 2021 in the uh, ALDS against the Chicago White Sox set him back mm-hmm. greatly with that surgery and really never got his feet back under him. Right. Uh, got back to the big leagues, but just did not look like the same young ball player that we uh, had seen in 2021. So I guarantee you his offseason is working towards getting back to 100% health playing without fear, playing with a little, you know, uh, you know, reckless, you know, regard for the body, which is hard to do after you've had a pretty catastrophic injury and had that mm-hmm. uh, surgery to get back. But if he does get back to being Jake Myers, he's going to be a valuable asset in the organization if he's not starting. But it, the question is, do you put him on your bench and have him play sparingly? I don't think that helps a Jake Myers. I think right. at bats help Jake Myers. Because you have Mauricio Dubon who can fill in in center field and relieve Chaz McCormick every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You can move, you know, Brantley to the you know Brantley to right field, Tucker to center field, mm-hmm. Alvarez in left field. If you really wanted to get a dangerous outfield offensively right. and give you know Chaz a, a day off against maybe a tough right-handed pitcher, but at the same time you have Pedro Leon. And I think you're going to find out yes. the value of Pedro Leon in center field in the upcoming months because if they do value him, maybe Jake Myers is a little bit of trade bait. Maybe you throw him out yeah. there and give the idea that maybe he's available because we're going to go with Chaz and we're going to go with Pedro as our future. And then you have Jake Myers available to put in there and you say he's got big league experience, maybe add a little value to him to bring somebody back. I don't know. But uh, Jake Myers is in a little bit of purgatory right now because instead he's a qualified AAA player, hasn't proven it yet at the big league level, even though he started in the outfield in the ALDS in 2021. But he's kind of in that, you know, that we call it quadruple A where you're good enough to be in the big leagues and you're too good to be in AAA, but there's not a spot. So I think a lot of it's to be determined here in spring training and maybe even that first month. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and you make 
a, a good point about Pedro Leon because I think the Astros are very high on Pedro Leon. Now he's he's mm-hmm. going to be out for much of spring training uh, because I think he had sports hernia surgery or something like that. But he had yeah. Um, and so I think he's going to miss a chunk of that. That'll obviously help Jake Myers have an opportunity. The thing about him is, is his arm ever... I mean, that was the biggest problem I, I saw know, with it, him. It, was, it did not his, look good. His arm just fell off a cliff. I mean, he couldn't throw the ball 10 feet, it didn't seem like. And that's the, the to me, that would be the worry with a guy like Myers as well. Can you even put him out there? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think those are all good points, Blummer. I do think you're right. He is a guy that probably could work his way into into being traded. Um the quadruple A thing you say that that's a great. I'd never heard that before until you mentioned it a while back, and I love that because that does represent a lot of guys. You know, there are a lot yeah. of guys that get stuck in that sort of weird middle ground. Well, it's tough too when you're playing in an organization like Houston. It's not right. like you know I came up in Montreal and nobody was quadruple A. We went straight <laughs> to the show if you were good enough because there was nobody in, you know blocking your your road to the big league. So. Right. That's where it's tough being, you know, everybody talked about when I was, you know, the, the late 90s New York Yankees in the mid 2000s where mm-hmm. you were just, they were they were signing every free agent to 15 yep. year contracts. And you're all like, as a triple A AAA guy, you're going, how the hell am I going to get to the show? Mm-hmm. Now you've got the Houston Astros who are just a bona fide superstar ball club. And you're like, how am I going to knock out Tuve out of a spot? How am I going to get into left field with your not? You know, there's certain question marks. So I think that's where you get stuck in a little. There's a greater chance of being stuck in quadruple A with the Astros because of the talent pool. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, plus you were in Montreal. Everybody spoke French. Nobody's oh, going yeah, up we, there. We. And, and for, my, for our French speakers, I learned what tabak knock meant real quick. What and it was that? not good. <laughs> Did you learn much French while you were up there? Yeah, you may have to bleep that out in Canada. <laughs> I'll call up. I'll call up uh, uh, Paris, and uh, I'll get. I'll get. What's the What's the Prime Minister of uh, Canada? I'll get him on the phone real quick. Justin oh, Trudeau. Yeah. I'll get Trudeau Justin on Trudeau. the phone real quick and ask him if he's uh, if he's got any yeah, issues. Yeah, he, would, with he that. would love to put the censorship on us, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Um, Okay, the, what, I really want to talk about this a little bit because it's been a topic that I've seen up on you know on social media, and that is uh, Major League Baseball's expansion and and realignment. Ooh. We they're going to expand. There's no question. Yeah. The most likely scenario is they will expand to one of three cities, probably, and those three are uh, Charlotte, um, Nashville, and Portland. Those are like the big three. And then the other one is Vegas. But I think everyone expects that the Oakland A's are eventually going to move to Las Vegas. Apparently, what all former Los Angeles, like what all teams in California eventually do is move to Las Vegas. So I think that if you assume that they're going to move to Vegas, and then you assume that either Portland, I I think Nashville's getting a team for sure. They seem like, I think it's between Charlotte and Portland, really. Um, I'd love to see a team in Portland, frankly. To keep, it would be good for the the Mariners fan base, and I think it would be good. And I like Charlotte a lot, but I'm not sure if that. I, I mean, they have so much enough to bring. They have so yeah. much minor league baseball in that whole area. That's you know, I'm not sure how you do that. But whatever happens, the the league is going to have to realign. They obviously have decided that they want more regional rivalries. That's why we're Thank going God. to the. Thank God. Right? What? How, why is this taking so long? Right? It seems so long. Let's be honest. Come on. It's so ridiculous. We all know the answer to that. It's obvious. Sorry. Bummer. Yeah. Go, Me and go the ahead. I love, get, I love that guy. <laughs> get on your soapbox. But Jeez, here's the thing. Man. Here's the thing. 
the a I think what what has really dramatically changed everything about realignment is uh, the fact that they have eliminated the the that they've gone with the universal DH. That yep. to me was You're the correct. single greatest hurdle to make to realignment because people from the National League didn't want to go to the AL and people in the AL didn't want to go to the NL. And by getting rid of that, you've eliminated that. So now, to hell with it. It could be a free for all. Why can't yep. the Cubs and White Sox play in the same, you know, division? Why can't they? I mean, the Yankees and Mets should absolutely be playing each other a bunch of times a year. The Angels mm-hmm. and, and and the Dodgers, eh, you know, it's the Angels. But yeah. um, what do you, how, what do you think about like expansion? We know it's going to happen. They're going to be at thirty two teams. But I, I I saw one of the ones I saw was was uh, uh, four four team divisions within each league, and the league split by east and west, like the NBA does it, as opposed yeah. to just AL NL. And that they had the Astros with the Rangers, the Cardinals, and the Royals. I was like, oh wow, man, that would be fun to play the Cardinals all the time. I mean, that was mm-hmm. a great rivalry in the National League. What what do you think about realignment, uh, Blummer? What do you, how do you feel about it? I know some people hate it. Yeah, well, you, you, just going on experience, and you're, you're completely 100% right about the DH. Once you get that universal DH, all bets are off. Then you yeah. can realign, move guys. There's no such thing as interleague anymore, even though they're National League, American League. But there's, it's just a homogenous game right now. Nobody has an advantage in either league. Yeah. That being said, as a player... <clears throat> I played in the National League Central. I played in the National League West for a while, and I got to play in the uh, AL Central. And I played in pretty much mm-hmm. everywhere. But the most fun I had and the best time I had was with the Houston Astros for obvious reasons. But at the same time, we were in the National League Central, so everything was up the middle of the country. Right. We were in the same time zone. The furthest travel we had was maybe two and a half, three hours to Chicago and Milwaukee. That was about mm-hmm. it. Um, some of, you know, our natural rival was the Texas Rangers. So that was a great trip. And we would do our West coast swing, you know, in the beginning of the year, end of the year, we do our East coast swing beginning of the year, end of the year, which wasn't tough because of where we're located down here in Southeast Houston. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. And now that I'm on the broadcast side, and since I've been a broadcaster in 2013, the Astros have moved to the American league West. And I have found that there are some absolutely freaky, awesome, diehard Astro fans that hang up, hang out with us until Astros After Dark on the West Coast, which I absolutely love because that's a unique crew. It is. But at, but at the same time, I hate, absolutely hate knowing that we are starting a game at 9 o'clock Central Time for the Houston Astro fans. And that is that is half your schedule almost because they play so many games in the West. That'll change this year. Mm-hmm. And I think after we get through this balanced schedule, I th- praise, pl- just pray that Rob Manfred <laughs> gets it, which is hard, would be hard to believe. But it's when exactly. you start to see more of these regional games and you see the our ratings will go up more consistently, everybody's ratings are going to go up more consistently, and you're going to go, okay, that means more revenue, more eyes on the game, and everybody's going to begin to love baseball because you don't have to stay up till midnight and go to work or school the next day at 7 a.m. It's ridiculous. So I think realignment's coming. And selfishly, I hope it's us, the Rangers, Arizona, and Colorado. (laughs) Just because I love those cities. Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Well, I think that... that the one they, the one that I looked at that I thought was pretty interesting was they also, um, they had like a Southwest division that was like, yeah. 
Arizona and the and the LA teams and I guess Colorado and then they you had could, like a but that's like to your point if they go to Portland then you can shove those teams into the right. Northwest Southwest have the Astros right. Rangers Cardinals up the middle you know bring in the Chicago White Sox and maybe you know even Pittsburgh could fit over there because that travel is yes. not going to be that bad but uh, there 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 are ways you could get really creative and really smart about this because Nashville kind of could be that swing. <laughs> Yes, team. That I could agree. go central or east, yeah. and bring in Pittsburgh and Atlanta, and really kind of shoot. You could go, you know, call the call it the Middle East <laughs> <laughs> division. You yeah, know, right. And have those teams over there, so it's it's fascinating because it's those two those two cities you bring up could really create some unique. Um, you know, unique situations, and I know the Seattle Mariners would love having a Northwest because oh, yeah. the travel out there is just ridiculous oh, it's for brutal. that team. It's so brutal for them. They're, they they really suffer the worst. I, I keep thinking, like, if it's Charlotte, why wouldn't it be Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, Tampa Bay? Like, that's just... I mean, you could drive buses those, to some of those, those games. Those are rivalry games. Yeah, Think well, about the fact, if I'm a if I'm a Miami Marlins fan, yes. and I go to Charlotte, 100%. I can go to Atlanta. I could actually schedule some trips with the family in the summer. That is 100% accurate. That is That is... I keep thinking, like... Like when they moved into the Rangers, I started thinking, well, hell, I could go to Dallas. I mean, I don't oh, want to go to Dallas. Dude, but there I are could... more Astro fans at, at Mimic Maid Park in Mimic. South Oklahoma than Texas fans. I love the Mimic Maid Park in South Oklahoma. <laughs> Do you pull that out on the broadcast, Plumber? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, early. Good. The, the, I did everything I could to endear myself to this fan base, and I think that was one of the keys right there. <laughs> I, the only reason I like to go to Dallas is to go to my cousin Matt's restaurant in Sino, which is amazing. Yo, and I have to go over there. I've got to find that place. That's the only. That's the only reason I like to go there is, is to see my boy. But um, uh, yeah, I, the, that travel thing. That's the thing that blows me away. It's like if I want to, like I just think about the opportunity to go to some of these ballparks because, like, do I am I going to like really am I going to go to Seattle in freaking July to go see a game? Fly four and a half hours or whatever it is oh, to get man, to Seattle. Man. It's just it's a, it's brutal. Um, and I feel honestly, I feel bad for the Mariners, frankly, and I don't want to feel bad for the Mariners, but I do oh, feel I, bad. I really for them. do with the travel. It's, it's bad. brutal. I mean, it's hor- can you imagine if, if them playing Miami? Like, what is that? A six-hour flight? Tampa. Seven? I mean, <laughs> so what is that? Where's the I layover? Mean, I, yeah, exactly. You need a, you need to spend a night somewhere in between Jeez. just so you feel bad. That's. That's just ridiculous. It shouldn't be well, like. I, but I, I don't. It shouldn't be like that. And it. But I mean, I know I'm kind of going off on this mm-hmm. a little bit. Keep cutting you off, so I apologize. No. But when you when you when you look at it, go back in the past and and go through the top five teams with the most travel miles in a season, and it it literally goes Seattle, Texas, Houston. You know, it, it's and they're all in the West, so it doesn't make any sense. They have yeah. to realign that. Yeah, I feel like, well, of course, we got screwed with realignment because, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, because when uh, Crane bought the team, he was we were forcibly removed from the NL. Mm-hmm. We all know that happened, the blackmail that occurred. Um, which, uh, to be honest with you, I I like the designated hitter. I've said it on here before, so mm-hmm. I, don't have, I didn't have a problem with that. But, God, to shove us into a division where we're saddled with going to the West Coast— Look, baseball after dark is awesome. I love it. It's fun. There's something really cool about because it does get a little weird after a certain. It gets point a little goofy. You, yeah, and 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 by the way, hats off to the guys at 790 who have to do the call-in shows afterwards. Oh, some of those guys, like I think Michael Connor does them sometimes, and. Uh, 
Gosh, that's there's, well, there, no, there are two guys like Michael Connor and Chris Gordy are built for Chris that. Chris Gordy, though. I know those guys are awesome. They're on there, and these guys are calling in. Ah, that is Astros. Yeah, <laughs> like, like our they light them up too, man. I'm like, wow. I know it's a <laughs> look. One time years ago, when I was working in a music store in college, we decided to have like a midnight madness sale, uh, where we were going to stay up. My boss was like, he was he was great. <laughs> We made it until 9 p.m. And then we're like, we got to shut this shit down. <laughs> like, no it was kidding. so, like, people came in hammered already, like, you know, grabbing <laughs> guitars off the wall and like, whatever. It's like, oh, that's no. like, all right, we're good. That was, that yeah, was a mistake. This is going let's south nev- in a hurry. Let's never do that again. So, okay, Blummer, um, are, when are you headed out to, you're headed out in a couple of weeks, right? We when did talk about t- this. I'm trying to remember the date. Twenty. No, I, I have no problem. I have no problem. Yeah, AT&T, man, finally released a schedule. If you go to Twitter and follow it, at ATT Sportsnet SW, they'll have a schedule of games. We're going to do eight of the spring training games televised. Okay. And I will be leaving February 24th okay. to broadcast our first game on February 25th. And I believe it's 25th, 26th, 28th, something like that. But nice. we'll do it towards the end of the end of the uh, month. And also stay tuned to the radio, too, because I will be doing a couple of games uh, on radio. And I will be hosting an Astro line down there for a week when I'm down there. I'll come back on March 2nd or 3rd, hang out for a week with the family before going back down there. Yeah. Because I just found out we're actually flying to West Palm to uh, televise the big WBC matchup between the, Venez- the Venezuelan team and the Houston Astros, That's which gonna is going to be, so be a lot fun. of fun. That's because be you've so got a couple fun. of guys uh, from the obviously Jose Altuve is the big yeah. name that's going to be playing for Venezuela, but the, it's just it's just fun. And Omar Lopez, who mm-hmm. was one of my favorite coaches on the team, he'll be managing Team Venezuela. We get to broadcast that, and then you quickly get to the end of the month, and we'll do I think two more <clears throat> spring training games and that exhibition game out at Sugarland yes. uh, between the Space Cowboys and Astros, which is that's just going to be that that's going to be an exhibition obviously but it's going to be it's just going to be a lot of fun because I've played in those but the 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 fervent fan base that's going to be able to be at that stadium and enjoy seeing the 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 current team and the future team is always mm-hmm. fun but that stadium I mean J- Jim Crane and whoever's working down there I don't know it, all the names down there but mm-hmm. that is such a fun place to watch a game well I tried to get tickets to that yesterday and they are basically sold out there's like Stop. a handful of seats available at Constellation How about in the that? I know dude it's only in the grass in the outfield that's it that's still, the only I mean place. that's still not a bad spot to be with no. everything they've got going on I mean the only concern you have in the grass is well, is it going to be a thousand degrees outside other than that or is it going to be pouring a, did it pour rain the night before and I'm going to have muddy drawers when <laughs> exactly. I Exactly I will say that um then they're of course they're they're playing then they're hosting Space Cowboys yeah. at Minute Maid so that would be that'll be fun too those back to back um, it's a, yeah, I think there's going to be some fun. I love the Venezuela thing. I think that's going to be a blast. Um, I don't know if you saw that, uh, uh, was it Fromber pulled out, which yeah. I think was, is probably a good thing. I think he's worried about his pitch count, which I get. Um, no, so. he, he's wonderful, but he's also very smart. I think he's got a good team around him. And mm-hmm. one of the quotes that I did see is a little, he's not concerned, but he's, he's aware of the shoulder fatigue that he doesn't want to take into the season yeah. by pitching Yeah, with uh, the WBC team. You're not going to hear any complaints from me on that one. Nah. <laughs> any yeah, big selfishly, week- play for us. <laughs> <laughs> any big weekend plans for you, Blummer? Uh, weekend plans, uh, we've got 
I'm going to have dinner with friends tomorrow night, Saturday, and then Sunday. Uh, you know Adam Clanton. I'm going to go over mm-hmm. to his house probably and watch, watch some Bowl? of the Super Bowl game. Unfortunately, he's a ch- he has he has in-laws that live in Kansas City. So he'll have his Mahomes jersey on. So I've got to figure out what green shirt I'm going to wear. Yeah, I was going to say, you better go pick you up a Fly Eagles fly yeah. shirt or something right away. Um, yeah, that's that'll, that'll be fun. I'm Of course, you know me, like uh, tonight at about 1 a.m., I will be getting on the road to Colorado. <laughs> so, yeah, look at you, man. You've you got gonna, a crazy week ahead ooh, of you. Oh, man. I'm going to – the drive is going to – I I love a road trip, and we're doing it because we're bringing – a bunch of stuff with us. I'm not going to say that we're bringing multiple cases of wine, but maybe we are. Um, but we're bringing uh, we're bringing sleds and like cool stuff. And so we just decided to hell with it. It's just four of us. We're going to drive it. Um, my main focus is to not die on the ski slopes in Colorado. I have never <laughs> been I've never been skiing before. That's always a good trip when you're. What's your main goal? Not to die. Well, the first question I ask my buddy is, do they have life light? Like that's my first major concern. <laughs> that's the first question I ask. We're gonna like, see you spinning in that dude, basket as you go towards the helicopter. Man, I, I I said, can I get a snowboard instead of skis? Because I I skateboarded as a kid. I never. I'm skied. with you. That's that's exactly why I snowboard. And so that's what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to try the snowboard. And people are like, listen, the main thing to remember is if you get going really fast, like just fall down. I'm like, listen, you don't have to tell me that. Kid can fall down. Don't worry. I'm yeah. not running. I'm, I will not die from running into a tree. Right? That's not going to be. The, that's not going to be me. If a tree Who is put coming, that in the middle of the I'm slope? ditching it. I'm ditching it. I don't care what how packed down that snow is. I'm hitting the deck. Yeah, I can yeah. live with that. So, yeah, we will not be here next week as a result because I will be, uh, uh, be out skiing perhaps, uh, buried in snow. Um, but thanks again to everyone. We'll be back the week after um, the week of the 20th with more fresh podcasts uh, brought to you by Bet Online. We love hearing from all of you guys. Obviously, continue to send us your thoughts and your questions. Keep linking and subscribing, uh, especially give us them stars on uh, on Apple. I hate saying yeah, that, but it. you know what? Damn it. Come on, kids. <laughs> Come on, son. It's Do time for something. you to make it happen. Keep it coming. Just 49 days till opening day. Mm. Pitchers and catchers report next week. When we're going to be, look, when when I get back, we're going to be shot out of a cannon when oh, it man. comes to spring training. It's going to be, be all happening all at once. And then I get to start listening to spring training games on the radio, which is one of my favorite things in the world to do. Some I agree. Of the most relaxing. Yeah. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, money. I love when they're, I love when they're just talking and they're like, like and it's quiet. You can hear the concession guys yelling in the background, mm-hmm. and they're just sitting there and like, "Well, we've got a group from the Kiwanis Club here today. That's outside for ball oh, one." I love it's all Sparky. It's my favorite yeah. kind of stuff. So, thanks everybody for joining us. We will see you in a week. Have a great week. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.